The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. We're going to uh, be studying some of Rabbi Lazar Silver's thoughts on Mitzta'er Potter Min Hasukkah, the famous rule that someone who's uncomfortable is absolved, is exempt, does not have to sit in the sukkah. Now, the Ramah, interestingly enough, rules that in a case where you are absolved, you are uncomfortable in the sukkah, you should not even push yourself and sit in the sukkah. And uh, he quotes from the Yushalmi that anyone who does sit in the sukkah when they are exempt from it is considered a hedyot. So Reb Lazer has a question here, which is that in general we say lefum tsara agra, that according to the difficulty is the reward. Uh, it's more meritorious to do a mitzvah, which is more difficult than doing a mitzvah, which is easier. So uh, why don't we apply the same rule to sukkah, that if it's more difficult and unpleasant to sit in the sukkah, it's a better mitzvah than if you enjoy sitting in the sukkah. Why is sukkah the exception to this rule? that if you're uncomfortable, you should not sit in the sukkah and you should not push yourself to do it and to be more strict with yourself in doing the mitzvah. So Reb Lazer offers a new rationale, really, for the whole concept, the whole principle, that if you're uncomfortable, you don't have to sit in the sukkah. And in order to understand it, it's worth understanding some of the other reasons that are given for this halacha. Uh, Tosos gives the most famous reason. He understands that mitzvah is patr sukkah because of teshvu ke'ein taduru. The Talmud has a very close reading of the Torah, and the Torah says that basukos teshvu, you shall dwell in the sukkot. Uh, so the Talmud it says that it means that you should dwell the way you live in your homes. Uh, and based on this, says Tosus, we only live in our homes when it's comfortable. If someone's house was exceedingly uncomfortable, they would relocate, they would figure out someplace else to live. So in the same way, our sukkah is the same, mimics our homes. And if our, we're exceedingly uncomfortable in the sukkah, then we should not sit there. We should move much as we would do with our house. That's uh, the mainstream way of understanding it, the most famous way. Uh, the Ritva, uh, another one of the major medieval authorities, he quotes from the Ramban that uh, he derived this rule from another word in the Torah, which is Ha'ezrach. Uh, the Torah describes sitting in the sukkah as for, you know, citizens, and uh, it seems like an extra word, so the Ramban understands that is trying to tell us that you have to be settled, you have to be comfortable in the sukkah. Situations where you are unsettled in the sukkah, you don't have to sit there, which would include someone who is uncomfortable. Now, Reb Lazer offers a third rationale for this halacha, and that is that he, he believes that when someone is uncomfortable and sits in the sukkah, so they are violating another mitzvah in the Torah, which is v'samachta b'chagecha simchas yom tov. We have an obligation to rejoice on yom tov, on the holiday, so we have to be happy on sukkahs. And if you are sitting in your sukkah uncomfortably, so you are violating that mitzvah. So that explains why you should not be strict and push yourself to sit in the sukkah when you're uncomfortable, because doing so has the downside that you are violating and minimizing your enjoyment of Yom Tov, which is a violation of Simchas Yom Tov. So that explains why we can't be strict in this situation. Now, why should it be when two mitzvot clash, when sitting in the sukkah clashes with Simchas Yom Tov, why should we say that uh, being happy on sukkahs takes priority over the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah? 
sukkah, when there's a clash between those two, how do we decide which one wins out? So Reb Lazer explains that uh, according to the Rambam and the Shagas Aryeh, women are obligated in Simchas Yom Tov. There's some discussion about this, but uh, that's their shita. So therefore... The mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov applies both to men and women, while the mitzvah of Sukkah follows the general rule that women are exempt from a time-bound positive mitzvah. So therefore, the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov applies to a much broader range of people, both men and women, as opposed to Sukkah, which is only for men, and that's why when they clash, Simchas Yom Tov wins out. Now, interestingly enough, Reb Lazer doesn't quote this, but in the Chuvos Binyan Shlomo from Reb Shlomo HaKohen, one of the Dayanim, the rabbinical judges in Vilna, so he quotes this from the chief Dayan, the head judge in the Vilna Bastin, uh, the author of the Hagos Poras Yosef, which appears in the Vilna Shas, that he uh, said exactly like Rev Lazar said also, that it's because by sitting in the sukkah when you're uncomfortable, you're going against Simchas Yom Tov. Uh, the Binyan Shlomo disagrees with his explanation, and he basically argues that even spiritual Hana is a form of Simchas Yom Tov. So by sitting in your sukkah when it's uncomfortable, you may be physically unhappy, but spiritually you're happy that you're doing the mitzvah, so that's also a fulfillment of Simchas Yom Tov, and uh, therefore we don't view it as a clash with Simchas Yom Tov. So Reb Lazar's idea was already discussed by the Poras Yosef and the Binyan Shlomo. Uh, also, interestingly, in this uh, piece in Anfei Erez, Reb Lazer makes uh, an aside comment that women should sit in the sukkah. They're obligated on some level to sit in the sukkah because since we say that Teshu Todur, that we should sit in the sukkah the same way we live in the house, so when men sit in the house, they sit with men and women together. So uh, in the same way, when the men are sitting in the sukkah for the mitzvah of sukkah, in order to really make it a full mitzvah of Teshu Todur, there would need to be both men and women there. So there is some obligation on the women. Uh, interestingly enough, that idea appears in the Torah Tamima, uh, but it's not a mainstream idea that we find in the postscript. Based on uh, this analysis, Reb Lazar discusses a halachic issue which can come up, and that is when it rains on the first night of sukkah. So as we said in general, when it rains, someone is uncomfortable to sit in the sukkah, they're exempt, and they should not sit in the sukkah. But the first night is a little different, and that is because we have in the Talmud, a uh, derivation, we learn out the first night of Sukkot from the first night of Pesach. So uh, therefore, many authorities hold that since on the first night of Pesach, you would have to eat the matzah, even if you were uncomfortable. So uh, therefore, we learn out to Sukkah that the first night is an exception to this rule, and even if you are uncomfortable, you still need to eat in the Sukkah. So uh, according to many authorities in the Ramah, rules this way, if uh, it's raining on the first night of Sukkot, you should still eat in the Sukkah. The Ramah extends the uh, connection between Sukkot and Pesach also to uh, three other aspects, and that is that uh, he says that the first night of Sukkot, you should not eat until it's definitely night. You should not make early Sukkot, which is the same as Pesach. You have to wait until it's definitely night. Uh, You should try to eat before midnight, halachic midnight, uh, which is also like Pesach. And uh, he says that you should try not to eat in the afternoon of Sukkot, which is also the same as not eating in the afternoon of Pesach, so that we will be hungry for eating the matzah. So the Ramah really takes the connection between the first night of Sukkot and the first night of Pesach and develops it in a number of ways. Now, question is, let's say it's raining on the first night of Sukkah, so according to the Ramah's ruling, you should be eating in the Sukkah, but there are other authorities who hold that you should not eat in the Sukkah. The exemption of if you're uncomfortable, you don't eat in the Sukkah of Mitzta'er applies even on the first night. 
So a number of authorities suggested that based on this, you should wait a couple of hours, two, three hours, and see if perhaps the rain will stop and you'll be obligated according to all authorities. Because if you eat in the rain, there are those who hold you should not be eating in there and making a bracha when there's a debate is a bit of a dicey issue. So some authorities, the Chayadam, the Bikur Yaakov, they maintain that better to wait a couple of hours and see if by some chance the rain lets up and then you can eat in the sukkah without any uh, questions whatsoever and certainly make a bracha. Uh, the Shari Tshuva quotes from the Shvus Yaakov that he disagreed with this and he said that no, waiting around is going to cut into your enjoyment of Yom Tov and uh, therefore you should not do that. Uh, the Mishnah Bura quotes both these positions, whether you should wait a little bit or whether you should eat right away and he does not offer a final ru- ruling. Now Reb Lazer strongly agrees with the Shvus Yaakov. He believes that you should not wait at all and uh, this is Lashitoso because he holds that the leniency of someone who's uncomfortable is because we don't want to minimize your enjoyment of Yom Tov at all. So says Reb Lezer, even though on the first night of Sukkot we derive from the matzah that you have to eat in the sukkah, but that we still should try to minimize the discomfort as much as possible to make sure that we are enjoying Yom Tov and therefore you should not wait at all, which will only cause even more discomfort. And he adds that any attempt to derive this from matzah, where the rule is that you have to eat matzah even if it's uncomfortable, comfortable for you. So if we were to try to learn out from there that this first night of sukkah, you should wait and try to eat in the sukkah in the best way possible, even if it's uncomfortable. So Reb Lazer says we can't learn out from matzah, and that is for two reasons. There's two distinctions between matzah and sukkah. One is that the matzah is a mitzvah only the first night. The obligation to eat matzah is one night, whereas the obligation to rejoice on Pesach is all seven days. So the obligation to rejoice continues long after the matzah. Uh, therefore, even if you're uncomfortable the first night, it's okay. You'll only be uncomfortable one night and then the rest of the uh, six and a half days you can still continue to be happy on Yom Tov. So that's why uh, the mitzvah of matzah is not going to fully displace the mitzvah of enjoying Pesach, whereas the mitzvah of eating in the sukkah continues for the entire time of sukkah. So if you were to eat in the sukkah all seven days of sukkah while you're uncomfortable, you would theoretically never enjoy sukkah. So because the mitzvah of enjoying sukkah and the mitzvah of eating in the sukkah go on for the entire holiday. Therefore, we cannot encourage you to eat in the sukkah when you are uncomfortable because theoretically you would entirely negate the mitzvah of enjoying Yom Tov. Um, the second distinction is that matzah applies both to men and women. So in that way, it's equal to the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov because that also applies to both men and women. So in a clash between the two, the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov is not going to necessarily displace the matzah. Uh, but as we saw before, when it comes to sukkah, so eating in the sukkah is a mitzvah for men. And therefore, when it clashes with the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov, uh, the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov wins out. So that's the Reb Lezer's distinction here between why we cannot derive from matzah that we should have any discomfort on the first night of Sukkot. Uh, rather, we always say that the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov, of enjoying Sukkot, is always prioritized over eating in the Sukkah. So uh, according to our blazer, practically, if it's raining on the first night of Sukkot, you just go right out and uh, make Kiddush, eat a little bit of challah, and uh, that would be it. You would not wait. Now, Reb Lazer has another uh, analysis of this 
principle uh, that is in another book of his, Tzamach Erez. And there he discusses this issue that the Ramah says that pushing yourself to eat in the sukkah when you don't have to is foolish. Uh, so he points out the following, that there's two places in the Shulchan Aruch where the rules of mitzta'er are discussed. One is uh, in the case of rain. Uh, the Shulchan Aruch says that when it's raining, it's uncomfortable, you shouldn't eat in the sukkah. And uh, then later on, in a separate siman, he discusses if you're uncomfortable because there's smell or bugs or uh, something of that sort. Now, the Ramah's ruling that if you eat in the sukkah when you are exempt, you're considered a fool is only written in the situation of rain. The Ramah does not record that ruling when it comes to smell or bugs. Uh, the Mishnah Brura understands that the Ramah's ruling applies to all cases. So even though the Ramah only recorded it in the case of rain, it applies even when there's a smell or when there's bugs. If you uh, push yourself and you eat in the sukkah, so you are considered a fool. But uh, Reb Lazer says that we could view this a little differently. Uh, he suggests that we could distinguish between rain and smell or bugs. Rain is a situation where everybody in that community cannot eat comfortably in the sukkah. When it's raining, you, your neighbors, everyone in that uh, geographical region who's sitting under rain cannot eat in the sukkah. So therefore, this is a communal disruption of sukkah. And we actually view it almost as if the mitzvah of sukkah is suspended in that area right now. They cannot do the mitzvah of sukkah. Uh, that's why Reb Lazer says the uh, Mishnah in Sukkah compares raining on Sukkot to a situation where a servant brings their master a drink of water and the master throws it back in their face. So in the same way, we're trying to serve Hashem and he is, so to speak, uh, throwing it in our face. It's, it's raining and we cannot do it. But that's all in a situation where the entire community cannot eat in the sukkah. But says Reb Lazer, in a case of bugs or smell, so that's a private, that's an individual disruption of eating in the sukkah. Other people might not have smell. Someone could be right next door to you and not have a smell, not have bugs, and be eating in their sukkah. So it's only a private disruption of the mitzvah of sukkah. It's not communal, and therefore we don't see this as a suspension of the actual mitzvah of sukkah. And based on that, Reb Lazer says that we could possibly say that the Ramah's ruling that you're a fool for pushing yourself and sitting in the sukkah really only applies to a situation where the mitzvah is suspended because the whole community can't do it. But if it's just you as a private individual who cannot sit in their sukkah comfortably, so in that situation, you might be allowed to push yourself and sit in the sukkah and there might not be any problem that might be considered meritorious if you push yourself and eat in the sukkah. So those are Reb Lazer's two analyses of this principle. I will just add an editorial comment, which is that these two analyses do contradict themselves because the first analysis that the reason why someone who's uncomfortable shouldn't eat in the sukkah is because they are minimizing their simchas yom tov. So that should apply both to communal discomfort or an individual discomfort. Either way, you yourself are not enjoying the holiday fully. Uh, the second analysis that differentiates between a communal disruption or a private disruption, so that seems to view this uh, principle a little bit differently, that mitzvah is putter from the sukkah because there is a communal suspension of the mitzvah at this point when it's raining. The uh, first analysis uh, appears in Anfei Erez, which is Reb Lazer's later work, and uh, the second analysis appears in Tzemach Erez, which uh, came out after he died, but was written much earlier. So presumably he uh, thought about this differently at different stages of his life, or uh, had changed his mind. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah! Ah! 
Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on, and Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. P- please don't make me go. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more.